Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 36 of the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. This episode is for the week of August 23rd, 2021. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Brian Reynolds, Vice President of Marketing for Episcopal Retirement Services, and I'm here with Kristen Davenport, our Director of Communications and our Executive Producer. How are you, Kristen? Hey, Brian, I'm really good. This has been um, an exciting month. So much going on. I don't know how we'll fit it all into a podcast. That's right. That's right. So the Linkage Podcast is dedicated to educating our audience uh, about the issues uh, regarding aging, informing people about the mission of ERS, and how that comes to life in our everyday interactions with our residents, clients, families, and staff members. So Kristen, you want to tell us about our upcoming episode? Hey, you bet. Um, so we've got some fantastic guests with us today. Um, we're going to start with Ginny Smith. Ginny is a resident of Marjorie P. Lee Retirement Community in Hyde Park. Um, then we'll check in with our president and CEO, Laura Lamb, who always gives us the latest and greatest updates from everything ERS. And uh, we'll um, finish up with your interview with Dr. James Wilson, better known as Jimmy Wilson. Um, he's, uh, our vice president for affordable living at ERS. Well, great. Well, uh, another, uh, wonderful episode. And, uh, with that, Kristen, you want to introduce your first guest? Jenny Smith and I got to sit down and, uh, we had a great discussion just all about, um, what's coming up with our gala, um, what's happening at Marjorie P. Lee retirement community and, uh, just uh, how she kind of weathered um, the pandemic and has kind of been very resilient and stayed very engaged in in her community with her family. Um, so, without uh, more uh, discussion on that, here is my interview with Jenny Smith. Welcome to the podcast, Jenny Smith. Jenny, um, it's great to see you in person today. Uh, we've talked on the phone during the pandemic and couldn't see each other in person, so it's great to be here with you. And it's nice to have you here, too. <laughs> I feel wonderful being here today. It feels very normal, which I love. Um, I wanted to get together with you today and talk about um, a few things. Um, maybe let's start with um, what's it been like for you this summer being able to get out and do the things that you love? Well, it's been a terrific relief and uh, it's been great because uh, I'm able to see some family and uh, just do the things that I like to do. Yeah. What was it like last year at this time? Pretty different. Yes, uh, the lockdown or whatever you want to call it was very hard on uh, the residents here. And uh, I, of course, was unhappy because I couldn't get out and drive around, but you know, that was a minor thing. But uh, I think for me, it was not as bad as it was for a lot of other people because uh, I, ha I have always been fairly able to entertain myself. And uh, so and the, I read a lot 
and, and the outreach program that we have here with the library is absolutely marvelous. They, they deliver uh, books to us every month. That's wonderful. And oh, it, it was all the difference for the, that period of time when we weren't able to get out. So reading is something that you love, and I know you also cook for yourself still. Is that? Yes, yeah, that- to a certain extent. And, uh, oh, one of the things I truly uh, missed was being over at Virginia Avenue and working as a volunteer. Uh, I missed that extremely much. Uh, that was, all the people, the staff over there are just wonderful. And it made me feel like I was actually contributing something. I know the staff um, worked pretty hard to try to think of new and inventive things to do. I know Debbie McLean, she's oh. just a godsend, isn't she? Debbie is, without a doubt, a wonder woman. And uh, everything she does, she does so well. We are very fortunate to have her. Debbie is wonderful. I saw some photos from last, I think it was last summer, where she actually made her own ice cream truck. (laughs) What a creative genius she is. And I think she used maybe like a wheelchair and created an ice cream truck around her. And I guess she actually went around and passed out ice cream treats. That is wonderful. Well, you know, food is one of those things that connects us. And I know um, I know food's pretty important to you as well. I know you're a, um, a good cook and, and maybe even could be considered a chef at some point in your, in your cooking history. Well, I, I have also instilled the love of cooking in three of the four of my children. So... Uh, they are, have almost surpassed me, and that makes me very happy. That's wonderful. I, I, someone told me that, that your son, Jeff, who I know is the one that I know, um, that he was a very good cook as well. He does all the cooking in his household. <laughs> Except for dessert. Robin's the dessert person. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, Robin and Jeff are dear friends of ERS for sure, as you are, and um, I'm I know that uh, we have our gala um, coming up, and the theme of the gala is all food-related. It's called A Taste for Giving, and I know you were asked to contribute a recipe. Will you tell us about the recipe you you chose? Well, I I chose uh, an appetizer because uh, during my lifetime, uh, my husband and I did a lot of entertaining. And so one of the things that we both enjoyed was uh, smoked salmon pate, which is uh, very simple to make, and but very good. It sounds wonderful. I don't eat a lot of meat myself, but salmon, especially smoked salmon, I do eat, and I can't wait to try your recipe. I'm just... Oh, that sounds good. It sounds wonderful. Um, well... I know the gala is something that you've attended in person in years past. And um, this year, I know that the, um, the folks at Marjorie P. Lee are going to have some watch parties because the gala is still going to be virtual this year, but they're going to have um, gatherings um, of residents to be able to watch together and, and have hors d'oeuvres. So maybe, 
maybe you can um, give uh, Chef Clyde, our, our new chef here at Marjorie Feely, I think you should share your recipe with him. That sounds perfect for a watch party. But we're all excited to, to see what you're going to do with this one. Well, good. Yes, I um, I was part of the recording of the great gala cook-off. So um, our present CEO, Laura Lamb, was one of the cook-off contestants. Um, Reverend Jack Kepke, who's a board member, and Dora Annam, who's also a board member. They were the contestants. And boy, was it fun. I felt like I was, you know, on, you know, Top Chefs or Chopped or something. It was Everybody was pretty serious, but it was all in good fun, so. Yeah, good. And I understand Emerson was a judge. Emerson was one of the hosts, yes. Yes, he was. Emerson um, really did, he added some great commentary um, to it. He and um, Alicia Lee, um, who's our director of talent acquisition, and our judge was Susie DeYoung. And Susie is a local chef. And uh, her nonprofit, um, La Soup, partnered with Affordable Living by ERS to help provide meals um, to residents in affordable living. Because during the pandemic, of course, same thing goes there. Those independent residents needed to stay safe. And maybe they didn't always have access to the grocery store or um, to a cooked meal. And so we found ways to support them. And uh, La Soup was one of those ways. They got this uh, gourmet meal prepared in a restaurant, frozen and, and sent out to them. So um, it, it, it was, it was a really, um, one of those things that you're like, you know, the pandemic is, is no fun, but when something wonderful like that comes from it, you know, you, you just feel thankful and grateful that people came together that way. That, that's terrific. I didn't know anything about that. Yeah, it was wonderful. Um, yeah, and then, you know, the, the side benefit of that, it helped restaurants. Restaurants really struggled, and it kept them because they were the ones doing the cooking, and so their staff um, was able to continue on. Well, you know that our Debbie brought uh, takeout to us four times a month all the restaurants and oh and we recommended some restaurants so that and then she'd bring the menu and then she'd uh, go get it after it was made and it was terrific that sounds amazing that sounds like something they'll want to continue for sure <laughs> <laughs> well that was because we used to go out during, during uh, the time when, when the pandemic wasn't on, so we could no longer go out. Right. But yeah, last night was the first time we were all out and we went to see, wow. so that was a real thrill. I bet. That, that place has some great food. I love their menu. Oh, that's so wonderful to hear that you were all able to enjoy that. Um, what are, did you ever recommend any restaurants? Oh, what are yes. some of your favorites? Oh, yes. Many. Uh, that one is one of my favorites. Uh, the Bistro over in uh, Marymont, which incidentally sent us all uh, a lovely dessert before we started the takeout business. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's some good marketing right there. That's great. Well, Wonderful. I'm so glad that we got to get together and 
and talk about food and how it connects us and and all the ways that we've come together during this time because it's it's really important to stay connected right yeah definitely well jenny it's just been a pleasure to talk with you today um and thank you for your recipe and thank you for attending our galas and um and we look forward to to that in the future thank you very much i enjoyed it myself Kristen really enjoyed that interview with Jenny Smith. It was so good to hear from her. You know, I've always uh, really admired her. She's been a resident volunteer at uh, the corporate office and answering phones and helping out around. So uh, she's always near and dear to my heart. And of course, I really enjoyed hearing how active and engaged she's continuing and how much she cooks and and her wonderful uh, recipe uh, uh, of salmon pate. Yes, absolutely. She, um, she's one of those residents that I really kept in touch with over the phone Mm -hmm. uh, during 2020. And it was great to sit down with her in person today. Well, that's wonderful, Kristen. And uh, with that, let's move on to our next interview. uh, My interview with our president and CEO, Laura Lamb. So we're back this week here in the uh, end of August with President and CEO, Laura Lamb. Hi, how are you, Laura? Oh, Brian, I'm doing well. How about you? Good, good. And you certainly sound sprightly, particularly just coming off (laughs) shoulder surgery. How how are you feeling? I feel wonderful. Wow. I really do. I I want you to tell my daughter, I feel wonderful. Right. Uh, I'm 12 days out from surgery and I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm in no pain. I'm I'm going to start therapy tomorrow. So good, good. Well, it was uh, amazing to have you back in meetings last week and hear how well you were doing. So we're, we're glad to have you back. Can't keep me down. That's right. That's right. (laughs) All right. Well, lots to talk about uh, this week. It seems like there's never uh, an end to, to, to interesting topics around the ERS universe. And I, I thought we, we, we touched on this topic last time um, we, we were together on mandatory vaccines. And, um, you know, we've had some really good reception and some very good uh, press over the past month, uh, along with our announcement. Um, but, you know, you're not resting on your laurels and nor is the organization. And I wondered if you could talk about the ongoing education and the upcoming session you have uh, with our staff, because you've got a, an all-star lineup of a panel coming up. Oh, thank you, Brian. Well, I'm telling you, it's been a team effort, but as you know, we've been talking about the vaccine since January and we've been planning and trying to educate our staff and give them all the information that they need to make an informed decision. Mm -hmm. And we believe our role is to, to help make sure that they're getting access, access to reliable data and science. And so we've done that throughout the year and really pushed hard this summer in advance of announcing a mandate Mm -hmm. and we're not to the finish line. So Our, our first mandate comes up um, September 25th, and that's a month from now. Mm-hmm. And um, we want to make sure that we're giving staff the resources they need. So 
We've done a lot of research, talked to a lot of our staff, um, focus groups, and our trends are very similar to the national trends in terms of, you know, being there being four um, reasons why there's um, hesitancy to get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And so as we looked at those reasons, a lot of them are healthcare related. And so we decided that it was time to bring in other voices. And, you know, our medical directors have done a phenomenal job, our clinicians on staff have done a phenomenal job, but sometimes we, sometimes we appreciate and value getting information from um, others and particularly for experts in their field. So you said it, um, boy, we have an all-star star panel here. I just, I pinch myself and I thank all of our community leaders for being so passionate right. about this topic and wanting to partner with us. And I, and they're, you know, they're proud that we've made the mandate and I, I just appreciate their partnership. So mm-hmm. um, can I tell you who's on the panel? Please do, yeah, yeah. yeah. So our very own um, health commissioner of Cincinnati, uh, Melba Moore, wow. uh, the president and CEO of Closing the Health Cl- Gap, um, wow. Renee Harris, yeah. uh, Felicia Beckman, um, Beckham, that frankly um, might be, uh, you know, that name might be familiar to some of the mm-hmm. ERS staff. She was one of our nurse practitioners several years ago, right. and she's now at the University of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, we, Speaking of University of Cincinnati, we have the Dr. Uh, Louis Edgy. Um, and she's really been out there in our city, really campaigning and making sure that folks have the medical information that they need. Mm-hmm. And then a little closer to home, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Renita Usher, she's an NP and she has her doctorate. Um, and she actually cares for our residents at Episcopal church home. Mm-hmm. And so she, I just love kind of the balance of those, um, five very strong, very, um, you know, experts in their fear field voices that are, that are going to be with us to answer questions. So we've assembled questions based on what we've heard our staff ask, um, and they're going to respond to those questions. And then we'll have an open mic section of the meeting where staff can ask their, their own questions if they choose. Wow. That, I mean, that is a group of heavy hitters and very knowledgeable professionals. And I, I, I'm really excited to hear from them um, uh, this coming week. And, and I guess just along those lines, I think, Laura, education has been so important and, and probably a, a real key to the success in, in the vaccination rates that we've seen. So hopefully this will kind of carry us, carry our staff and just provide that last piece of information that they need um, as well. And, and, and you've opened this up to other communities as well. Yeah, I, I just feel like as a nonprofit, we really have an, an obligation, you know, so um, we've offered it to other leading age um, Ohio and Kentucky members to have their staff sign on. It's a Zoom call. So, you know, it just that's I'll tell you, that's one of the blessings of COVID. I know some people roll their eyes when I say blessings and COVID in the same sentence, but right. we've learned so much. And, you know, there's really no reason to have these five phenomenal women together and not share it with, you know, um, Bailey place or Masonic homes. I mean, it's really, it's not our information. We should, we want, you know, we're better. The more 
vaccinated people in this country, we're yeah. all better for it. So let's yeah. share it. Let's share it widely. Yeah. And it couldn't come at a better time as we see in the news, the, the, the Delta variant really uh, escalating throughout our society and even in our our schools with our children oh. are seeing so many cases. So that the, the need for the vaccination is becoming so, so much more important. Well, and it's timely for those reasons, but it's also timely because of um, President Biden's announcement of mandating yeah. it in nursing homes. And that's really what triggered me reaching out to other CEOs to say, you know, we're all in this together and it was just mandated. So Right. I'm on your team too to make sure that your staff are vaccinated because I don't want any elder anywhere to go unserved. I mean, that's just not who I am, right? right. Um, and then the other important announcement is just related to you know the the FDA approval of the Pfizer vaccine. So mm-hmm. I just think you know things are coming together, and as my mom always used to say, things work out the way they're supposed to, and I just right. feel that right now. So the timing to your point is just, just, um, really coming together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for that update. And, and maybe moving on to another positive update down at Episcopal church home. Um, we've got some new model homes to show off. I was wondering if you could kind of give a a description of, of what we, uh, were able to to show off this last month and so much fun. You were there with me and other members of the team. It was so much fun. So, um, you know, and our listeners know that we're in the middle of a pretty major renovation to Episcopal mm-hmm. Church Home, you know, plus or minus $20 million renovation over three years, mm-hmm. uh, really casting a bold new vision for Episcopal Church Home to make right. sure that they're financially viable and sustainable long into the future and really be the, the premier retirement community in the Louisville market. And that didn't take, uh, you know, it wasn't something that was overnight, but a key right. component of that that is actually responding to a market need. You know, our Dudley Square patio homes are in demand. We have a long waiting list. If I ever get complaints about Dudley in the community, it's because they can't get in. And people right. are like, do you realize I can't get in for three to five years? And right. raising their hand at me. And um, so we've responded to that in this plan. And we've added um, Dudley three, one, two, three, Dudley three um, patio homes. And part of the construction plan is we thought it would be really wise to construct um, samples, if you will, models, if you will, of the Mm -hmm. patio homes so that the team on site can show prospective residents exactly what the product looks and feels like. So we created two sizes. There's two patio home sizes Mm -hmm. and we've created models and we went to the extra mile and furnished those models so that again, a prospective resident can walk in and touch and feel and visualize themselves living in those model homes. So the model homes are up and um, Elizabeth Pace would love anyone in the Louisville market that's interested in seeing them to give her a call right at the Episcopal Church home main number, ask for Elizabeth Pace, and she would love, love, love to show you around. Yeah. And just to give you a a lot of credit in the design, because I know you're very involved in the design of these units, but they're just the beautiful open concept of the kitchen and the dining and the living area all being open with tall ceilings and, 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 and 
just in the decorations in those model homes. They are very beautiful, Laura. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I deserve nothing, no credit <laughs> at all, except for the fact that I know that people are visual, visual. And if you mm -hmm. can take any space mm -hmm. and furnish it, uh, people are more likely to be able to see that their furniture and their precious belongings can, can fit into a space. So it, it came out beautiful. I give all the credit to the Ridgestone team. Yeah. Ridgestone was uh, again, just wonderful partners on this project yeah. as well. And I think the reception that we've heard from yeah. residents and some other partners that have come in uh, has been really uh, overwhelmingly positive as well. Oh. They have, it has, you know, the residents were our first group. Of course they were right. Yeah. Um, we wanted our Dudley square residents and one and two to see it first. And they, they just really appreciated it. And were just so pleased and, mm -hmm. you know, um, had been watching it come literally out of the ground over the last, over the, you know, the winter and the um, right. summer. And so they were pleased. They were excited. And we actually have a few people that are seriously considering yeah. moving from one of their Dudley Square patio homes to a new one. So right. look at that. Look right. at that. Right. And then just a couple other things coming up on the horizon. Our new clubhouse should be complete here in the next month or, or month and a half. Yeah, I, we're I targeting early October. Early yeah. October. Yep. Excellent. So, and and the ground has been cleared and, and ready to build the new pers um, personal care uh, building and the, and right. the new patio homes. So that, that work will start soon. Yeah. I heard just, um, this week that we'll probably be in the ground with the, um, more of the foundation kind of pre-work, um, right. early as next week, Brian, for the wow. personal care building. So that's exciting. Wow. Very exciting. Well, uh, Laura, thank you, uh, for, uh, as always for your, your, your update, it's, it's always good to catch up and, and, uh, get the latest on what's going on, as I mentioned earlier around the ERS universe. Well, Brian, thank you very much for having me. It's fun to, fun to be with you. Yeah. We'll catch up soon. Thank you. Brian, I am so impressed that Lara is already, uh, well on the road to recovery from her recent surgery. I got to um, sample one of her cupcakes that she brought in that apparently she made one-handed. So I'm always impressed with Laura, but that was particularly, um, amazing. So good for her. And, uh, those updates, um, are, are always really just great to hear. Um, so thankful for her leadership, especially at this time. Absolutely. Yeah. She, she does sound wonderful, great energy. And, uh, of course had, you know, some wonderful things to, share with our upcoming panel and uh, the, the great uh, uh, progress down at Episcopal Church Home down in Louisville. So with that said, uh, our next interview uh, is my interview uh, with Dr. Jimmy Wilson. Uh, Jimmy, again, is our uh, Vice President of Affordable Living, and uh, we get some great updates on what's going on within the, uh, the Affordable Living Group. So I'm here this week uh, with our Vice President of Affordable uh, Living, uh, Dr. Jimmy Wilson. Hi, Jimmy. How are you? Hey, Brian. I'm well. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. It's, it's a little bit of a hot, hot streak out there right now, but uh, you know, we're, we're surviving through the summer. But thank, thank you so much for joining us. Sure enough. And, thank you for the invitation. Yeah. And, and we're so 
happy to have you uh, as part of our organization now. And for our listeners out there that may not um, know a lot about you, could, could you maybe give a little bit of your background and, and history b- uh, before ERS? Yeah, thank you, Brian. Be glad to do that. Uh, I've been with ERS six months now, and these last six months have just been a tremendous joy as I understand the organization and get to know and be known our, our staff, be known by our staff. So just a wonderful organization. So prior to coming to ERS, I spent the last eight years serving as the vice president with Talbert House. And uh, many people may know Talbert House for its uh, work with folks with mental illness, substance abuse, and returning from incarceration. And so I served as the vice president overseeing the development and management of our affordable housing uh, for persons with special needs. developing housing communities and all types of housing programs, whether it be uh, shelters, emergency shelters, transitional housing, permanent supportive housing, but a broader array of housing options for special needs. And prior to uh, coming to Talbert House, uh, my wife and I, we relocated from Louisville to move up here to Cincinnati. In Louisville, for the previous 17 years, I served as the director of housing Mm -hmm. for Christian care communities, developing and managing senior housing and other uh, special needs housings, uh, housing types for elders across Kentucky. So Mm -hmm. you said 17 years, huh? Yes, yes, 17 years for Christian care communities. Uh, That too was a very rewarding experience, uh, meeting elders from some of the urban parts of the Kentucky to the mo- most rural parts of Kentucky, just developing housing and services and mm-hmm. just the reward of uh, meeting people and developing housing and helping people uh, transition, uh, different transition and changes in their lives to mm-hmm. providing housing that's affordable and safe for them. And it's, it's quite a rewarding, uh, I've had a quite a rewarding career and it's a tremendous experience to to provide this kind of work. So I'm uh, very um, you know, honored to serve in, in the ways that I do. Sure. And, and uh, I guess another of interest note, um, you, you have your uh, uh, doctorate in uh, ministry as well, and you serve as a pastor for a local church, correct? Yes, yes. Uh, when I was in Louisville, I served in a senior pastor role. I did that for about 10 years or so. And then um, I felt like that season and chapter in my life had come to an end. So when we relocated here to Cincinnati, we got connected to another church here. And I serve as an assistant pastor mm-hmm. um, uh, here in, in Cincinnati. And so still serving in ministry, still serving the Lord, whether it's in developing housing or saving souls. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my life, uh, my life's energy is centered around just helping people. Yeah. Uh, whether it's, um, you know, in, in a variety of different needs. And so, yeah, uh, yeah I've, been, I've been in pastoral roles for uh, a long time, you know, right. I've been in ministry for a long time. And so what a, right. a joy it is to serve the Lord and even with ERS and it's a faith-based um, perspective on, on service. Right. And one of the things I think I, I, I've heard you say before is you really enjoy kind of shepherding and tending to people. Yes. And I, I yeah. really appreciate that about you. 
Uh, thank you. Sure. Well, so you, you, you mentioned you've, you've been here six months and uh, I, there's a lot I'm sure to learn and a lot of people to meet and, and, um, and there's been a lot going on. And I, I, I thought I'd maybe take this opportunity for our first interview um, on our podcast to, to maybe update our listeners on everything kind of new going on um, within our affordable living um, uh, uh, division here at Episcopal Retirement Services. And I thought maybe we'd start um, down in your uh, neck of the woods where, where, where you live in Northern Kentucky with uh, one, uh, one of our newest communities at Shepherd Ridge. Can you tell us about that? Sure, yes, Shepherd Ridge. It's a 48-unit community in Florence, Kentucky, Boone County, mm -hmm. and it's one of our more newer properties, and it's our second uh, affordable housing community in the state of Kentucky, and, mm -hmm. and, um, um, and it's a very, very beautiful uh, campus that we've developed there, 48 units, as I mentioned, right. and I'll share this with you, Brian, just the need for affordable housing. We hear so much of it about around Cincinnati, but it's really in every community, every market, the need for quality, affordable housing is significant. Mm -hmm. And within 30 days, within 30 days of us opening um, the building and accepting applications and moving people in, we've had every apartment wow. named, uh, it's spoken for. Wow. Um, so people are clamoring to, to get the kind of housing a product that we make available and people yeah. are moving in literally every week. We've had four and five, half dozen or so people moving in and we'll be filled up within, you know, th 30 days. And so it's a very powerful statement about the need for housing and the work that ERS is privileged to do. Yeah. Wow. That is simply amazing, Jimmy. And then we have another community coming online right here in Cincinnati, uh, in the neighborhood of Walnut Hills, the, 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 the very historical and famous uh, Old Mance Hotel has been transformed into the Mance uh, Apartments. Yes. And so the Mance, is, it too, is another beautiful renovation of a historic uh, building that had a previous purpose, as you mentioned, a hotel, mm -hmm. 60 units we've been able to re model and that uh, in those buildings there mm -hmm. and every unit there is is filled within our uh, wow. previously budgeted time frame we said we get all units filled and mm -hmm. doggone it we got every unit filled yeah and people are there just living and enjoying the community enjoying the amenities in the community and just a very very powerful uh statement of what you know determined mission-minded organizations can pull off in providing this quality product. So a uh, beautiful community there in the heart of Walnut Hills and mm -hmm. man's apartments is just very, very beautiful. Yeah. And of course, just so important to preserve history uh, as one of the hotels that were available for African-Americans to travel. Uh, I guess it was on the Green Book is my understanding. It was on the Green Book. That is correct. Yeah. 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 So one wonderful project. So uh, let's move up north, Jimmy, where we've got some pretty significant renovations going on at a couple of different campuses up in the Wilmington and Blanchester areas. I wonder if you could tell us about those projects. Yeah, thank you, Brian. In uh, Wilmington, we have a very beautiful campus there of four uh, buildings that ERS 
recently acquired and each of them is in need of some significant repairs and upgrades. And we've been very successful in acquiring funds to help us do just that. We have a building Prairie View apartment, which is 74 units that we're getting ready to bring online. Very beautiful mm-hmm. units that the community is just waiting uh, to, to get in and, and provide housing for people uh, who need uh, that affordable housing. Uh, mm-hmm. We're getting ready to develop 36 garden home units uh, in mm-hmm. Wilmington. We yeah. recently awarded funding to reposition an existing building. Mm-hmm. And so the need is uh, not just uh, in urban areas where we often hear about the pressing need for affordable housing, right. but throughout the state, uh, throughout you know, every major community in the country, mm-hmm. there's a need for quality housing. And so we're, we're thrilled to redevelop and develop new housing for folks in Wilmington, Ohio. So the work in the ministry continues to move forward. That's exciting. And did you mention Blanchester as well? Oh yeah, Blanchester as well. So in Blanchester, we are, is a community where we have two large buildings, mm-hmm. a 64 unit building that is being renovated as we speak. We're putting the finishing touches on it. It should be completed within the next couple of months. And we'll have uh, people moving into that 64-unit community. Mm -hmm. Very recently, we were notified that we received funding to redevelop the other building in Blanchester. So we'll be developing another 50 units, repositioning another 50-unit building that needs uh, upgrades, need modernization, and needs to be more accessible for those people in the Blanchester community. So lots of work, lots of ministry, lots of opportunities to serve and providing quality, quality, affordable housing for our elders and and people with special needs. Yeah. Well, and hats off to your team that really does a great job day in, day out of caring for our older adults and providing a lot of services that typically aren't included with just senior housing to really help them age in place. So yes, yes. And thank you for saying that, Brian, because I might also add, we're not just uh, providing housing, Mm -hmm. but in addition to the housing, uh, we also provide services. We have a staff person, we call them service coordinators. Mm -hmm. And as uh, people age, as we all are aging, um, you know, our need for help increases. Yeah. And so we're able to have these staff persons to connect with residents and uh, community-based services to help people age, whether it's transportation, groceries, medication, yeah. socialization, all types of uh, engagements. We help residents live uh, fully, fruitfully, as best we can. Mm-hmm. And so I'm quite proud of the work that we do in providing not just housing, but also Right. Uh, quality services to help them and as they age in our communities. Wow. Well, like you said, a lot of great work going on and uh, we're so proud of the, the team and uh, we're so glad to have you and uh, we'll, we'll make sure we catch up soon to hear about even more progress in our communities. So thanks. Well, thank you for having me, Brian. I appreciate uh, coming and talking with you and I just have a good day and stay out of some of this sun. It's pretty hot out there. <laughs> I definitely will. Or jump into a pool. <laughs> there you go. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Brian. 
Brian, um, Jimmy has been such a great addition to our leadership team. Uh, every time I see him, he just has got a great smile, lights up the room, you know, and, and I'm really thankful to hear that things are going so well, both at the Mance and at Shepherd Ridge. Yeah, he's he's such an experienced leader, so knowledgeable about affordable living, uh, and, and obviously has been doing this a long time. And then, you know, with his uh, ministry background and and just he's just got that gentle touch as a leader, as as he mentioned, to be a he loves to shepherd uh, uh, others. So, um, really good to catch up with him and uh, and, and get that introduction for our audience. That's great. So with that, uh, we're at the close of our episode. Thank you so much for joining us for this uh, latest episode of the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. For more information about us, you can visit our web- visit us on our website at episcopalretirement.com. We have lots of great content, including our Linkage online blog, resources to learn more about aging and the services we offer, and so much more. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube to see what's going on within the ERS uh, universe as well. If you have any questions or feedback for us, please email us at info at erslife.org. We always love hearing from our listeners. The Linkage Podcast is produced by Kristen Davenport and Brian Reynolds. Fiasha Davis is our associate producer, and our technical director is Michelle Hain. I'd like to thank our guests today, Jenny Smith and Dr. Jimmy Wilson, and a special thanks. Uh, to President and and CEO, Laura Lamb. On behalf of myself, Brian Reynolds, and Kristen Davenport, thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to our podcast next time. Thanks so much, Kristen. You bet, Brian. It's always fun. See you then.